I'm Jay Mac. And I'm Jess. And you're listening to Base Code Podcast. Yo. G'day. What up? I'm just going to say good day every time now because that's become my thing. That works for me. I'm okay with that. Sweet. It's fun. How have you been? Just finished Laracon. Like, yep. End of last week. Yeah. Pretty exciting. Yep. Is it good? Yeah. Glad that you're done. Yeah. It was, uh, I like crashed really hard that day. Like, I think my body just wasn't letting me know how tired I was with all the prep and everything. And once it was sure. all finished, I just, yeah, I'm so glad I didn't have to work that day because I pretty much stayed on the couch and just, yeah, watched Netflix the whole day. <laughs> yeah. Tiny burnout. That used to happen to me like in college, like when I'd, you know, I'd work like 50 hours straight on some project because you procrastinated, you know, and partied instead. And like, <laughs> and then you made yourself do it, which was good. You know, it was good. You finished it and everything. And in the moment, yeah, you're like, you're doing it. Everything's fine. But yeah, when you oh, stop. Yeah. And then, yeah. But then afterwards, yeah, you're just like, donezo. Yep. Yeah. It's like my brain gave me access back to all the sensor data to tell me how tired I really was. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah. That was good. But it yeah, was good. it was. Uh, it went really well. Had to get up at like four thirty a.m. I think, because um, I wanted to be like an hour earlier. Yeah. Um. And yeah, like I don't know. It was kind of weird. Like I was still really nervous. It wasn't the same as like my first Laracon, which was an in-person one when I spoke there. But sure. For the whole talk, though, my hands were actually quite shaky. And yeah. I have to push the space bar right to to advance my slides forward. And I was so worried that I was going to like double tap my space bar just because my fingers, like my hands were shaking. Yeah. So it was kind of like, yeah, all my practicing was just, I, I left my finger like resting on the space bar when I was practicing. But when I was actually doing the talk, I'm like, I can't rest my finger there. <laughs> I'm normally nervous, like for the first, like in an in-person, just for like the first few minutes. But once I'm like three or four slides in, but to your point of like the handshaking, it is funny. Like if I stop to get a drink of water or something like (laughs) while I'm on stage, I will notice that I I can see it. I don't know if the audience see it, but I can see that. Yeah. Like there's, there's still some adrenaline there. There's still some nerves there. Like I'll be a little shaky. It's so So. funny the way our bodies like react. It's, I don't know if it's part of like the fight or flight response or one of those sort of things, but yeah, the the nerves just yeah. kick up all the all the adrenaline, like you say, and I don't feel it. Like I don't feel like my hands are shaking when I'm on stage or anything. I feel like it's fine. But yeah, I'll, I'll notice, like you said, when you perform some action or something, like oh man, my hands kind of shaky. And that's what that was what I noticed it for me was like I've got to push the space bar and not push it twice. <laughs> well, it's good. I think nerves mean you care. So you know, if yeah. you didn't care at all, yeah, I don't think you'd be nervous at all. So true. So I think that's good. The other thing that was kind of cool was. I was able to, because I practiced my talk, like in front of my computer, doing it live was like the exact same environment that I'd been practicing in. Whereas like when you do an in-person talk, you practice it in your lounge room or wherever you do it. And then you get on stage and it's like a whole new environment. So yeah. it was kind of nice to have that like home ground feeling. <laughs> I like the virtual conferences. I, I'm most nervous for a virtual conference that like somehow my computer is just going to like explode yeah. or my internet's going to crap out. Like yeah. That's that's actually more of the concern because it's not like anyone's going to yell in the audience like, you suck. You yeah. Know? <laughs> so hopefully no one does that anyway. But yeah. Well, overall, I think it went really well. Yeah, it was good being on the viewer side. Like um, I went to a viewing party up with like 
Jacob Bennett and gang. Oh yeah, I saw the photos. That looked cool. <laughs> so yeah, that was fun. And then, um, but yeah, I mean the conference, just so many speakers, and yeah, just running over a little bit. That there were honestly like no breaks. There was no lunch break or anything. So like, it, it was kind of hard as a viewer actually, especially because I was in a group. Like I was looking forward to that break to be able to kind of synthesize and chat. Yeah. With like you know, our attendees, so to speak. The whole white track, as they call it. <laughs> yeah. And like, we kind of, I think at one point we just had to say, look, is everybody comfortable just like watching the recording of this talk later and, you know, just like chatting for a minute. And I think yep. everybody was like, yeah, no problem. So. It helps to have that break. Like, otherwise it's just an onslaught of information and you get fatigued and stop absorbing. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was good to hang out and go to that and kind of be on the viewer side this time around. So, so it was good. It seemed good. Sweet. So podcast what should we chat about yeah i think we've gone through like all the core components now so maybe this one can be kind of start starting the downhill to the end of this mini series of just like maybe a, just kind of a shotgun scatter shot of like hey what are some other kind of components we use in our applications and we feel it makes them you know leaner or cleaner or easier to maintain or something like that yeah, sweet. So the last chapter in your book is kind of the one that you don't get for free, and it has some of the stuff we'll talk about today. So there's a few little, I guess, freebies for people. Sure, yeah, we can throw some in there. I mean, I've read this chapter, so I feel pretty lucky because there's a lot of good stuff in there. Oh, yeah, you read it before <laughs> everyone else. Yeah, I got the uh, got to review it, so it was pretty, pretty great. Well, we actually had a quick chat about this earlier. Macros are one of my current favorite things, and I actually even mentioned them in my Laracon talk. Yeah. Because they are a really good way of moving code out of the controller and also for creating things that have more symmetry with Laravel's built-in methods. So the example I used in my talk, which I think is a really good example, was for the request object. I had a scenario mm. where I wanted, like, well, let's backtrack a little bit. On the request object, you've got the wants JSON method which does this little bit of looking at like the headers that are passed in and says, yeah, this request probably wants JSON based on the accept header. Sure. And there's tons of other, obviously, MIME types out there and file types. So I like to create other ones like wants PDF. And your first thought mm. might be to maybe just put an if statement in the controller that's checking the accept header or whatever it might be. But then you've kind of got this mismatch between you've got like request wants JSON, but then you've got if request header, accept, whatever. So sure. that's where I think macros are really cool because you can both extract that logic out of the controller to create that nice readable, like if request wants PDF, and you can actually make it feel as if it's part of Laravel. You get that symmetry with Laravel. You're calling wants PDF the same as you call wants JSON, even though one's yeah. built in and one's a macro. So pretty much like yeah. nearly every service I think in Laravel now is macroable as they as they call it. Um, yeah, the macroable trait. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think almost all facades are. I don't know if the base facade is, but I think most others are. We can we can link to it in the show notes. Uh, but yeah, I I end up doing that a lot, like for responses as well. I think on Shift, there are a couple different ways to kind of get to like a checkout page. Yeah. But 
you see a different checkout page based on kind of your, if you have a subscription or if the shift is free, of course, you don't have to see the checkout page. So I was doing that same kind of if statement logic all the time. Like, yeah, if this is a free shift or if you're a subscriber or if, you know, this, that, whatever. And so I, you know, redirect to all these 14 different places. <laughs> so like now it's just like response checkout. Okay. There's no particular route per se. It's just kind of in line though with that whole response helper yeah and it just kind of does that same magic but it abstracts it so your controller is nice and clean and it's shareable but it's like you said a nice laravel you know esque way and i'm imagining you applied the rule of three or four or five or whatever it might have been that oh yeah at first i had that like, statement for yeah, a while in line yeah. wait until you have a few more and then it's like all right now we can maybe dry it up but things don't need to be dry yeah, straight away yeah, it's not something I jump to right away, but I do think macros are like that on the ready. They're a nice step between like, oh, I'm going to go make this whole class, you know, going back to what we talked about before and like illuminate your OOP. Like if you're extending core uh, classes in your Laravel applications, like I think you're probably missing an opportunity to use something different, you know? And again, yeah. we said that in that in that episode but macros are another prime example of like hey if you're extending like the you know redirect or response or uh request you know objects just to add one special method that's that's a prime opportunity that you could have just made a macro yeah that's kind of the the official laravel way of extending a lot of these these things yeah and like they are global so I do try and keep them fairly generic. I don't want to have something like hyper specific. Sure. But the cool thing with like requests is that if you're using a form request and it's a one-off little helper, you could put it on the form request object instead. Yeah. And with all of the magic of, you know, Laravel and PHP, it's kind of, if it's on the request object, you can call it there. But if it's a macro, you can still call it and it just all gets baked into this one nice big object that, yeah, has all of the little helpers and things for you. Oh yeah. Super nice. Something else I've been doing more and embraced a little more. I used to not like it as much, but are events. Yeah. I've been doing more events. Now, I don't necessarily make the event object and the listener and, you know, all that registry. And again, I talk about that a, a little bit in Base Laravel. It's just pretty heavy. So for a lightweight event, like I'll normally just fire like a string event and have it just be handled with an event closure like okay. in the event service provider just mm -hmm. pretty lightweight stuff like if i just want to make sure something kind of runs in the background or isn't cluttered in the code or again is shared in some way yeah i've been reaching for events lately okay i do tend to prefer the actually having an event class because i just like that like directory of these are the events that can happen but mm. I can see where like just a string event is nice as well. I could see them from a registry perspective. I just feel like those are normally so so lightweight objects. Like I kind of oh, wish. Oh, they are. Yeah, it's really just like a a thing to give it a official name that's you know can be statically analyzed and all that good stuff. Maybe not just lightweight. They're like lazy classes, which is like a original code smell. So yeah. Like if they also did the handling somehow, I feel like they used to like in five one or something. But anyway, I mean, if, I if like they did that they more, then just be the wrapper object. Yeah, I like though how 
and like this is kind of the pattern they use in the Laravel docs where you'll have one event that has multiple listeners. Mm -hmm. So each listener is kind of specifically named for the action it performs. So instead of having like the, you know, invoice created event and then invoice created listener, instead naming the listener something more like, you know, send the notification or whatever it might be. And if you have multiple things that happen when an, when an invoice is created, they're each their own dedicated listener and you can easily turn them on and off. It's an easy way to separate that logic out. Um, sure. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of that. And I like the way that, like, in the Laravel docs, the event name is kind of in the past tense. So, it's like invoice created. Yeah. And then the listener is more named as, like, an action, kind of like a verb, like send shipping notification, I think, is the is the example they use in the sure. docs. And I try and follow those sorts of conventions, even though they're not, like, officially Laravel. They're in the docs, so... Yeah, you had said that in one of our earlier podcasts too. Like if it's not in the docs, like you don't really write your code that way. I try, yeah. I try and look to the docs. If I if there's multiple ways of doing something, even just naming things, like if I'm trying to work out how do I name a resource, how do I name a controller, do I use the suffix? Like I pretty much just look at what the Laravel docs say because sometimes they use the suffix, sometimes they don't. Sure. Um, for the resource is always that tricky one because normally the resource is named the same as the model. So then you've got to like alias it in your controller if you're yeah. using both. But that's what the Laravel docs do. So I I don't feel bad about that decision because I haven't made that decision and I'm happy with that convention. <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned that because I think going back to kind of base Laravel, I, I did the same thing. I left off resource and in blueprint, actually. that That's what was kind of the final kicker. I generated them like the docs where they were just one, but the docs will use the resource collection with actually having the suffix. So it's yeah. only the singular one that it doesn't put the suffix on. So it, it just actually, I remember with blueprint, someone opened a ticket and thought that it was like the incorrect naming or something. It was just very unexpected. And there were a couple yeah. of them. So I ended up putting the suffix on there because I feel like Laravel does kind of suffix everything else. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, it's one of those decisions that I don't really want to make that decision. I don't really care. I just want it to be consistent and ideally like what people would expect so i just try mm -hmm. and make it as close to whatever i think the official laravel way is sure but if like you know the the docs aren't all written by one person so they're not guaranteed to always be consistent either i mean they do a really good job they're one of the most polished docs i've seen but yeah it's hard i mean there's so many style decisions and we've talked about this before in base code where it's like don't stress over like what style decisions you have just choose one and enforce it and then don't think about it <laughs> exactly yeah so i think i think you could pick either or there but yeah that's that's interesting i always thought that that was a good comment that you had before like a good policy or convention is to just kind of be like you know i look to the docs to kind of see what they're doing so i think i think that's a good way to get started with stuff yeah so and i learned recently like you know like i think we've talked about titan's got their t-lint mm-hmm um, I think Sparsi has a style guide. I think um, yeah. even like Michael Dorinda has um, like a base sort of style guide or something as well. Yeah. Someone else has done that work. I don't want to have to think about it. So just, yeah, pick one that hopefully covers all your use cases. And then you don't have to have that little mini decision you've got to make. Like micro decisions are easy, but when you pile in a bunch of micro decisions, it just is fatiguing and you can't then make actual important decisions. <laughs> Yeah, going back to like one of the original episodes we did, like, you know, for base code, like the formatting practice, like, yeah, just 
find, you know, a convention, find a code style that exists that is close enough to kind of where you are and just take the rest. You know, I used to yeah. take, oh, I'm going to take a little bit from Spassi's and I'm going to take a little bit from Dorinda's and I'm going to take a little bit from the docks. And it was just, it was just chaos. You know, you thought you had this style guide, but really you didn't. Yeah. Like unless you're willing to put in the effort to actually document your custom style guide. Yeah. Automate it. And yeah, and write the automation tools and everything for it. Like unless you're willing to put in that effort, don't create a style guide of your own. <laughs> yeah. Just, you're not going to win all of them. You know, I remember I used to hate the curly brace on the same line and now it's just like, Oh, you get used Love to it, Love being hey. able to just do... Yeah, exactly. You used, you used to think stuff like that was like the end of the world, you know? Yeah. And now it's like, now I don't even I don't even care. Yeah, I'm the same. Like, I, I still kind of think tabs are, like, potentially cooler, but, like, I'd much prefer to choose a standard over my preference any day of the week. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's good. Getting back to kind of... Um, Streamlines. <laughs> some other streamlines yeah i guess maybe the last one that i had was gates and policies big fan of those i don't think um they're used enough uh in applications i mean gates are just these perfect little one-offs you know has plan you know like for yeah. shift like is and subscriber or something like it's exactly. not like you have to go and choose oh i'm gonna use gates for this project or policies for this one it's like Policies to me really map to a, a specific model. It's kind of more the CRUD style yeah. stuff, whereas Gates yeah. are kind of good for yeah, like you say, the more one-offs. Yeah, Gates generic is kind of always the way I remember it. So, nice. but like syntactically, like as far as using them in middleware or whatever, all comes out of the box. So you don't have to write your own middleware. Yeah. You don't have to write a bunch of crazy if statements because they have blade directives to the point of the last episode. So there's a nice little you know, at can or at allows and all that kind of stuff. So it's just, they're super smooth to use. And, you know, pretty much every application has some kind of paywall or or authorization check. I, I dig them a lot. I am quite curious to see, and we'll probably talk a bit more about new things coming in Laravel, but I'm really curious to see how Laravel Dreadstream is going to handle like teams and permissions and roles. Mm-hmm. which they've mentioned that you can kind of do now. So I'm really curious to see what, how they've done that compared to like how I've done it in the past. So Yeah, I think they open sourced the code earlier today. Oh, or they, really? they actually published the repo. I mean, it's not tagged yet, but, no, but you can I think of... some of that code's out there. Ah, cool. I know what so, I'm going to do after this. Yeah, <laughs> we'll find it and link it in the show notes. Yeah, for sure. Sweet. So as far as other streamlines go, I mean, one that that I actually got from Tim McDonald's Laracon AU talk, which I think is really cool, is like creating your own custom collections for things that apply to an entire collection. So yeah. like his example, I think, is you've got a collection of invoices and you want to mark them all as paid. You can create like a an invoice collection and then a mark as paid method on the collection that will automatically like go through and do whatever's required. Yeah, those were pretty slick. That can remove a loop from your controller potentially and make your controller just read that much nicer yeah giving giving him a little more credit too in his uh most recent Laracon uh talk just the one last week you know and relating back to when we were talking about putting more things on the form request you know he had a real good example of kind of going through this progression of like using a form request and like okay, we're going to do this create from request on the model you know we yeah. talked about that like creation methods or yeah. so base Laravel. Uh, but he said, you know, when the wheels kind of start to fall off that, 
you know, you can still keep the form request, but just kind of invert it. And it actually made me tip a little bit more towards sometimes, again, putting that stuff on the form request. I really liked that, like, payload concept that he had, you know, so like, it's not just validated. If you run into this thing where, okay, well, the reason I don't like putting it on my model is because it's contextual based on the type of request that I make. What if I save something from a public screen or versus an admin screen versus, you know, whatever. Yeah. Well, you can have an admin payload or a, a user payload or whatever it was. So I thought that was kind of an interesting thing that he had brought up, which again, just kind of tips us back towards that form request just a little more. Yeah, I dig it. I think it was really cool. That was an awesome talk. Yeah, I don't think those are freely available just yet. Uh, you can get access to all of them uh, just by buying kind of a, a ticket after the fact. Uh, but yeah. if they ever do open them up, which they, they've been known to do when the next Laracon ends. I think, yeah, every, at the end of the year, I think they make yeah. them open. So we'll we'll update the show notes with that as well. But uh, his AU talk is freely available on YouTube, so we'll yeah. link to it. Sweet. Well, I think that was kind of the main ones I wanted to chat about, and we don't want to go too long today. So, yeah, did you have any others? I don't think so. Not off the top of my head. I mean, I think these are just additional ways to, again, keep your code, keep your Laravel applications uh, streamlined, you know, and, and move that code around. So not everything's just like real heavy in the model or the view or the controller, right? Uh, that was kind of the goal. of Yeah, it helps with like the big blocks, right? Yeah, everything's a big block, you know, which goes back to base code. But to make it specific to, to Laravel and, and kind of why I wrote base Laravel, is I just wanted to focus on code inside of a Laravel app and like different ways to write it. So these are kind of like the high end polish, kind of the, you know, medium or big brain things, you could say, that are like, you know, macros or, you know, leveraging up those form requests, gates, policies, your custom eloquent collections, custom resources, I think we even stumbled upon real quick for yeah. like API responses of your models. Like hopefully they gave you some ideas to think of and maybe what we'll do next week to round out the final episode of this mini series is just recap any additional streamlines we've seen that are in the freshly released version of Laravel 8. Yeah, nice. That's a pretty exciting release. Yeah, next week. So you'll be listening to this while Laravel 8's being released. True. Again, since we'll be a week, a week, uh, record a week ahead. And then next week we'll record Laravel 8 stuff. So we'll get about 12 hours to digest all the goodness. Yeah. <laughs> but with Shift, that's normally not a problem for me. I probably learn the most about the Laravel 8 release more than anyone uh, in those first few hours. Yes, you kind of need to know it. Oh, or I get told it. <laughs> <laughs> So sweet. All right. Cool. All right. Catch you next time. See ya. Show notes for this episode can be found at basecodefieldguide.com slash twenty nine.